0: Within the space of six months, I've participated, got now a new privacy professional job. I'm well on my way again to where I want to get to. So if data privacy is what you're interested in, this is definitely, of course, who's is going to make a huge impact for yourself. I'm definite proof of going from no experience to where I am in the space of six months. If I can do it, I'm sure many, many other people can do it as well.
1: Are you ready to know what you don't know about privacy pros? Then you're in the right place.
2: Welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast by KZNT Privacy Experts. The podcast to launch, progress, and excel your career as a privacy pro.
1: Hear about the latest news and developments in the world of privacy.
2: Discover fascinating insights from leading global privacy professionals.
1: And hear real stories and top tips from the people who've been where you want to get to.
2: We're an official IAPP training partner.
1: We've trained people in over 137 countries and countries.
2: So, whether you're thinking about starting a career in data privacy,
1: or you're an experienced professional,
2: this is the podcast for you.
3: And welcome to the Privacy Pros Academy podcast. My name is Jamila and I'm a data privacy analyst at Kasey Privacy Experts. I'm primarily responsible for conducting research on current and upcoming legislation, as well as any key developments and decisions by supervisory authorities. And I'm also the host of this wonderful podcast. My co-host today is Jamal Ahmed. He is a fellow of information privacy and CEO at Kasey Privacy Experts. Jamal Ahmed is an established and comprehensively qualified privacy professional with a demonstrable track record solving enterprise-wide data privacy and data security challenges for SMEs through complex global organisations. Jamal is a Certified Information Privacy Manager, Certified Information Privacy Professional, Certified EU GDPR Practitioner, Master NLP Practitioner, Prince2 Practitioner and he holds a Bachelor of Arts in Business with Law. He is a revered global privacy thought leader, world-class trainer, and published author for publications such as Thomson Reuters, The Independent, Euronews, as well as numerous industry publications. Jamal makes regular appearances in the media, on television, radio and in print, and has been dubbed the king of GDPR by the BBC. To date, he has provided privacy and GDPR compliance solutions to organisations across six continents and in over 30 jurisdictions, helping to safeguard the personal data of over a billion data subjects worldwide. Welcome, Jamal. Thank you for joining me. I feel like I learn something new about you every time I read your bio.
1: That's great, Jamila. Thank you. And you read it so well.
3: (laughs) Most of the time very excited for our guest today, Fayaz Chowdhury. Fayaz is a data privacy analyst and will be starting a new role at RVU next week. He has progressed through the Privacy Pros Academy Signature Accelerator Program and has graduated having transformed into a world-class privacy professional. He is a certified information privacy professional for Europe and he holds a Bachelor of Pharmaceutical Science. He has an in-depth understanding of numerous sectors and organisations, both large and small, acquired from first-hand operational experience extending across both the public and private sectors. Welcome, Faiyaz. Thanks to have you. Thank you for joining us. So as always on the Privacy Pros Academy podcast, we start off with an icebreaker question. So what's the best holiday you've ever been on?
0: I guess it's not exactly a holiday, but when I went to Hajj. So I think that's probably the best experience I've had by far. I was,
3: I was all ready to ask why it was the best holiday, but I think it might be self-explanatory. But for people who don't know about Hajj, can you tell us a little bit more about the experience?
0: So it's pilgrimage, which is mandatory for people who can afford it. In the city of Mecca in Saudi Arabia, around the Kaaba, essentially, where all Muslims around the world pray daily. And it's a pilgrimage over there. And to be able to do it with my wife as well that was an amazing experience
1: wow. yeah and it's a ritual that was established by Abraham all the people that follow uh, originate from an Abrahamic faith which should be familiar with the story of Abraham and if you look into it you can see it was actually Abraham who built this house of worship in Saudi Arabia and for years and years he called people to circumulate around the house that he built with his son and to offer the means of worship And now we see millions of Muslims every year to Saudi Arabia to perform this pilgrimage. Bayaz, you're one of the lucky ones who actually managed to complete this. Bayaz, what made it so special for you?
0: A few years ago, I had a target of a few things which I wanted to achieve within five years. At that point, I achieved two out of three of them and Hajj was the last one remaining. And to be able to do the Hajj, firstly, I had originally planned to go the following year. So I didn't think I'd be financially able to do it that year, but I kind of made the intention. Let me see if I can make it this year. So I made the intention I wanted to make this year and Alhamdulillah, a few very fortunate things happened to me in the space of about two months. I felt very fortunate and very blessed that I was able to do the Hajj this year. And then actually doing the Hajj itself, I'd previously done Umrah. So Umrah, I guess the minor pilgrimage, which you can do. So I already visited the holy city. So doing the Hajj experience, it's just felt amazing that I was able to do it and I felt very fortunate that I was able to do the Hajj experience. It came out a very nice part of my life where a few things which had planned, all were kind of working in sync. I was very grateful to my creator. I was able to achieve so much and to be able to actually do the Hajj in that same year, I felt very fortunate to be able to do. And the experience itself was just amazing. And to meet and see so many people who've got the same kind of mindset, who all were there for the same sake to do the pilgrimage was amazing. And I heard beforehand how many people are there. But when you mm. see it with your own eyes it's absolutely amazing
1: wow sounds like an amazing experience god has willed it excellent i'm really happy and it sounds like for that you are somebody who is always overachieving in your goals you had three goals you had to achieve there was one outstanding you achieved that a whole year earlier you joined the privacy Pro accelerator program you had a few goals you wanted to get your certification within six months but now you've actually secured a permanent full-time position Within the space that you was looking to get into or transition into. Tell us more about that.
0: Probably about eight years ago. So it was after my late father, he had a quite severe stroke. And mm-hmm. before that, he was very mobile. In fact, he was in his early 70s and he's probably the most active person who I knew is always on his feet, always wanted to be out and about. After a severe stroke, he was essentially paralyzed on his left hand side from the top down. And he was apparently on a wheelchair. And I think that kind of helped me refocus like why I wanted to achieve and to see someone who is so always active to essentially be bed bound and to rely on other people that really kind of helped sculpture my mindset of what I want to do and in life. And I think since then I have very much goal orientated and what I found is after I set a few goals and was able to achieve them, it actually helped me realise how well it works and to try and carry that out throughout moving forward. And it's been very successful for me and it's worked well
1: talk about mindset and talk about focus one of the things that you uh, participated on during the program was actually the mindset sessions what did you like most about the mindset sessions and how did it help you to realign your goals
0: the biggest thing i think originally was it just kind of taps into what i believe i can achieve i think along the way i became kind of stagnant i forgot that kind of drive which i had and i think mindset session really helped But from the outside looking in originally i thought I know this, I don't need it. But then I realized I do need it because I know it by not actually acting on it enough. Being in that environment with other people as well who are on a similar kind of pathway. If you have that correct mindset, how much you can achieve. And I think that kind of helped me reignite that kind of belief and that hunger inside me to succeed and to set goals and targets which are achievable, set the bar high, not just to stick to a for a quarter as it were, but to actually to set a goal high and something which I need to work and strive to, but which is achievable. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that helped reignite that hunger inside me.
1: That's really inspiring to hear. If i book eight o'clock in the evening after an <laughs> England match when they knocked Germany out. Yeah, I know. When does that ever happen?
0: I didn't expect it.
1: <laughs> I think
3: Jamal will be taking away the option for people to be booking at 8 pm. <laughs> I already
1: have, I've updated
3: it. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so, Fayaz, obviously you've done the Privacy Pros Academy. What first got you interested in data privacy? You have a bachelor's of pharmaceutical science. Going from that to data privacy seems like quite a leap.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think your co-host is definitely part of the reason. So I didn't ever consider data privacy as an area which I really consider as a career. I had been following Jamal for quite a while. So I saw his post every now and then on social media. And I was at a point where I was actually, as I crossed was looking to try something different, try something new. A few of his posts on social media, which had me interested in data privacy, then he made a post about, are you interested in a career change? And he had his beautifully worded pitch about how it could change your life. And I think that really just stuck to me. And I thought, okay, this looks intriguing, looks interesting. And yeah, after that, I messaged Jamal. Then he told me to go and do more research before I speak to him. So then I went back and done some more research. And then I found it intriguing uh, data privacy. What well, it was actually one of the key things which stuck out to me originally was I saw a TED talk on data privacy. It's this company which has given out loans to a third world country. When the individual accepted the loan, they essentially signed off their rights for their data. So if at any point they forfeited a payment, they literally got bullied into being humiliated that their contacts were told about this person forfeited a payment and that this person owes X amount. And that kind of really stuck out to people. That's absolutely horrible experience. And then essentially was how the GDPR, how it protects people's rights when it comes to data and how it treats as a basic human right. And that was probably one of the key things initially which stuck to me regarding data privacy. And then I started looking into it a little bit more and I just found it more and more intriguing as time went on. Wow, that sounds like a really disturbing practice. It's horrifying. I didn't really expect. I saw a TED talk, data privacy, why it's needed. Wow, well, I wasn't expecting that, but it did engage me and made me look into data privacy further as a career.
1: And what was the moment you decided that a career in data privacy was the thing that's right for you and you're actually going to commit to it?
0: I don't think there's one single moment in itself. I think it's just accumulation of things. So, and I'm very much a details person. So when I understood, you know, with GDPR, you need to understand the ins and outs. You need to really research something and you need to look at, holistically you need to not just look at the pixel you need to step back look at the whole picture and that kind of really intrigued me not just about understanding how to put GDPR in action it's about actually understanding people that a lot of the time with HPVC you need to speak to individuals need to understand how organization works how they work and I think that side is human nature the personal kind of side of it which stuck out to me even further Ultimately, I believe that okay, this is something which I would enjoy. And I genuinely feel and I'm confident saying that's something which I'm going to be successful in. I can do well. And I believe that I be to have an impact on individuals who I work with and any organisations I work with.
3: When Jamal told you to go away and do some research and then come back and talk to him, was there anything about data privacy that kind of made you a bit hesitant? What were the questions that you came back to Jamal
1: with? I remember the first call with Fayaz and he was like asking me all sorts of questions, great questions. When I actually sat down and I was like, so look, the first thing I do when somebody applies is I tell them, look, I only work with people a few times a year. And if you're going to be one of those people, you need to be a right fit for me to work with. And the program needs to be a right fit for you in line with your values and your goals. And so what I do is I do a deep dive to really get to know and understand where the individual is at that time. And when I was speaking to Faiz and I was trying to understand where he is right now, he gave me a really good insight. And then I asked him about where he wants to get to. And for me, if I can connect the program from where Faiz is now to where he wants to get to, and I think that bridge is the right bridge for him, then I'll tell him about that. But at that point, what I could tell is Faiz wasn't clear on whether this is the right bridge for him or not to get from where he is to where goals are. And the reason for that is I don't believe he'd done enough research to understand what a career in data privacy means, uh, how important it actually is and uh, what kind of an impact you will make to businesses and to society through the impact that you have through the work that you do in data privacy. So I said, look, it sounds to me like you're looking for a get out of jail free card or a get rich quick scheme. That's not what we have here. If you're serious about curating data privacy, I'm more than happy to have this conversation with you again. But the last thing I want is for you to join the program without really understanding what you're getting yourself into. And then three months later, you're back in the same situation where you started, where you're looking for the next thing to do. And I thought that would be a disservice to me. That would be a disservice to him and be a disservice to the program. And therefore, I thought the best thing to do was for Fayaz to really go away, do his own research, come back. And then tell me where he stands now and where he wants to get to. And then let's see if this program is the right fit for you. And then he went away. He watched some of the webinars. He listened to some of the podcasts. I think I actually gave him loads and loads of resources to help him, uh, to really inspire him to ask those kind of questions. And he came back. And this time he was like ready to talk business. Like There was a complete shift in the person I spoke to on the first call to the person I spoke to on the second call. And he was a lot more like he knew this is what he wanted to do.
3: That's really good. And I guess, Fayaz, with you, with Jamal saying, you know, being so thorough and going through everything, I guess that must have made you feel more confident in Jamal that he's not just trying to take your money for the exam and then off you go out into the world and leaving you alone. He really cares about who he brings onto the course and who he takes through the course.
0: Absolutely. I think, at least on my social media, at least I always see a lot of people posting get rich schemes. And the fact that, he told me to go back and do research that really stuck out for me. I, heard, I think it's something which I told quite a few people, a bit shocked, but it made me appreciate him as an individual. And obviously after that, we got to know much better. And I think this really showed, allowing me to have a lot more confidence with him. I really respected the decision to say that and and to be very genuine about it. And also in that first call, he gave you a lot of just general advice as well one of the things which I think I mentioned that I was very much speaking about like my goals or what I wanted to do and one of the things he told me then which I actually done a few days after that he said regarding my financial goals he told me to write down what my goals are and where I want to be in 10 years and to split up into each year how much I, I'd need to earn and achieve to get there and that's something I'd done regardless of where I was going to, um, before I even decided I was going to proceed with them I thought oh, that's, that makes sense and then when I started doing that I think that's another thing which kind of really stuck out for me that it's something simple on the outside looking in but it just, it's something which I hadn't done and that made a big impact and it definitely helped build that kind of confidence with myself and with him and the whole program so well.
3: Both you and Jamal spoke about goals, about where you wanted to be following the programme. Now you've finished the programme, you've got a new job in the sector, and we will speak a little bit more about that later. But where do you see yourself now? What's your next set of goals?
0: Sure. I'm very fortunate you're starting a new job in just a few days' time. And that was a huge plus for myself. And I guess moving forward now, I've passed the CP, It's in the next few years to think about where I want to go next. The CIPM is on my radar going to be starting a new data privacy analyst role and it's really in the next few years I've got my target of passing the CIPM to gain more experience and to be in a situation where I can have a DPO role in a few years and to be doing consultancy as well. I feel like I'm very much on track to get there and I'm just enjoying the experience at the moment of being a data policy professional as well.
3: Great. And so tell us a little bit more about this new role.
0: Sure. So I'll be starting with RVU on Monday and RVU essentially is a company which owns U-Switch and have recently acquired Confused.com as well as a few similar price comparing websites in Spain and France, as well as South America and India as well. It's a rapidly growing organization i feel like it's a very excellent opportunity for myself especially where i am my career pathway to join this organization which is relatively speaking rapidly growing and they've obviously got data privacy as a main a major concern for organization and hopefully have an impact on it. help them move forward with data privacy with all the other different components of the organization which they're slowly bringing in
1: sounds amazing so you transformed from where you was a few months ago to becoming a world-class privacy pro. You've secured yourself a career with a global brand leader who owns some brands such as you switch Compare the Market and other energy switching all over the world. And now you're looking to really get stuck in and make an impact in that business potentially uh, impacting millions of data subjects around the world and really making sure that you're there to help to safeguard the rights and freedoms that they have with over the data privacy because these comparison sites they can collect a lot of information and you want to make sure that it's done in a respectful way that's amazing thank you yeah it's
3: amazing congratulations you know sometimes i will hear these roles and these companies that i've never even heard of i've heard of you switch Wow, it really makes me feel like you're having a positive impact on kind of regular people. (laughs) <laughs> how do you think that your time at Casian and in the academy has prepared you for the role?
0: Firstly just as I said at the end of last year I knew very very little about GDPR so I literally started from scratch. I guess firstly have an understanding of GDPR and it wasn't a tick box exercise it wasn't just to pass the exam it's that genuine in-depth understanding of GDPR how it affects people how each component of it works in real life scenarios and I mean that's really kind of help build up their own confidence for myself when it comes to speaking about GDPR but also a confidence that I know that okay I know what I'm talking about at the same time I'm aware of how things can change so quickly and how it's not always a clear cut answer and I think that's one of the things I most enjoyed over the program when Jamal spoke about, spoke about case studies where you have to really think outside the box understand the situation I think that's something that experience which came from Jamal when it came to a teaching that really kind of shined and it helped me understand more about GDPR and also Myself, I think having that passion from Jamal for it kind of I feel reflected onto us as the students, and again being able to ask my own questions at any time, as as well as in the lessons outside the lessons, that made that whole learning experience all that much easier. And then with and. It's just having that experience working with clients, I think, just build up confidence and work with cl- clients from different sectors as well in a relatively short space of time. I think done wonders for not just me experience, but just gaining confidence as well. How different organizations operate as well that made a huge difference for me.
3: Yeah, it's amazing that in such a short space of time, you've, as Jamal said, completely transformed from one career into another. And um, that is great. And one thing that you did as Part of the academy is you were one of the guests on the webinar, the Ramadan webinar. I believe that was your first webinar. How did you find that experience?
0: So that was brilliant to be on a webinar for a sector which I've been a part of and it's been a huge part of my life. And again, I guess similar to this previously had been a changing part of my life was just wonderful and especially it being just before ramadan be able to give back to the sector to a sector which i spent so much time with especially in the month of ramadan but in a completely different angle was just wonderful to be able to continue to add value to a charity sector but from a completely different side was just a really nice feeling and you know to speak about gdpr and knowing that we have individuals from the charity sector who, who I respect very much, who were listening in and, being you know, able to add value to them in a different way where they come in a different limelight from where they may have seen me before it felt like a really wonderful experience. And as they much
3: be yeah, no, I really enjoyed hosting that webinar as well, and I think it brought a lot of value. And if you, our listeners, are interested in listening to that webinar, we will link it in the description of this podcast.
1: Very smooth. Okay, great advert, Jamila. Thank we you. should actually start putting adverts into this podcast. I, know, that's what I was thinking. If you look back at your journey from where you was when you first made that phone call to where you are now, and let's say for some reason you decided You are not going to take that leap of faith, just like so many people who I speak to that don't feel they're worth investing in. Don't feel like the investment's worth it and it's not going to work for them. Where do you think you would be right now and how does that make you feel?
0: I think I'd be probably still trying to work out what I want to do when it comes to career change. So I already decided I wanted to create change. So that's something which I had already decided previously before I even spoke to you, but I didn't really know where I wanted to be going. And I think that I would have still be trying to work out what I wanted to do, still speaking to other people to try and understand different sectors, probably spent money on courses. And I guess, arrogantly, one part of me would like to say that I'm pretty sure ultimately, I would have figured out something which I would have liked. But truthfully I'm not sure how long that would have taken me so it could be that I would have wasted six months a year two years god knows how long so but I do feel like I would have worked out eventually but it would have come out of time and the cost. and I think that's probably one of the best things which I've done that and it's still kind of surprising shock to me now about in such a short space of time how much I've achieved and where I am and now how reachable a lot of my goals are starting to feel so, you're so much more closer as well to me.
1: Yeah, well, praise to God for all of the amazing results you've had. One of my mottos, and I kept drumming this into you guys in the academy, was, look, just do your best and God will do the rest. And if I told you six months ago, when you first picked up the phone, in six months time, you know, you have a career, the salary level that you want, significant increase from where you are now with a global company, brands that everybody recognizes, what would have been your reaction?
0: i would've been quite shocked and i don't think i would have truly believed it
1: and thinking back on it now how does that make you feel
0: alhamdulillah i feel I i made the right decision and i'm seeing the results of it already i can see where i'm going and i've got a much better focus and vision of what i can do within the next kind of years
1: and one of the things that really stood out for me the other mentees that you was on the program with they kind of hired like they got snapped off the market pretty much straight away i remember chloe i think within the first couple of weeks she got snapped up by the other global leading brand in the retail space and then zainab got snapped up by a uk company you took the longest to get snapped up but your track record or your record of applying for jobs and getting interviews and callbacks and first day and second day interviews was something i've never come across before uh, talk to us more about that and tell us about the stats.
0: Originally when I started applying for roles, so previously when I applied for roles, it's very much, yeah, I'll apply and I'd be lucky if I hear back from like 1 in 10. 1 in 10 would be uh, a huge achievement to actually be asked for an interview and it's even like less likely. But I was very fortunate and it surprised me very much. That... Can, you, can you hear my daughter? Yeah. Aww. <laughs> That's all right. She doesn't want to go to bed. My mum's gone to the bathroom and my wife's at work, so that's why she's at the door just waiting, just on her own, just waiting for someone to come look after her. And Aww. she's independent enough not to cry, but she's just curious what's going on. Oh yeah.
3: how old is she?
0: She's only two in August.
1: Aww. She's very sweet. What's her name? <laughs> Naseba. Hi Naseba. <laughs> you wanna bring her on your lap? <laughs> you can say hello. <laughs>
0: you're a lover, to so, hello, brother. Shopping hello.
1: You okay? who's that oh. is it funny bunny looks like a bunny you've
0: got a bunny and a bear
1: I too have a bear oh wow <laughs> I don't have a bear I have a wife <laughs> <laughs> what was Baba doing on TV huh well, what were you doing on TV
0: representing the data privacy community when it came to the G7
3: what's channel S channel S my favourite channel
1: it's a Bengali channel. Well, that's why I've never heard of it. <laughs> Broadcast, yeah. Would you recommend it? Is it fun watching? It can be entertaining. It might be a bit difficult to follow what everybody's saying. Uh, they do get a lot of Offcom complaints. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> Actually.
0: I think, I think the technical issues was the biggest thing that stuck out to me. <laughs> because everyone was Zooming in. They had the host, he lost connection. And then it's just manning because <laughs> no one knew what they were doing. The host, the host, the host.
3: <laughs> yeah, he was on Ajimal
1: Masruz show.
3: I didn't even know our drama's was Bengali.
1: Yeah, he does a show every Friday night, I think. Is
3: that the one that you haven't been on for a while? Uh, that he complained about that you haven't been on for a
1: while? Yes, yes.
3: I think we should encourage more podcast guests to bring in children, siblings. I like it when the children come in and
1: disturb and close riots. Like in that yeah. BBC interview, and it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's another one about, can I have a chocolate biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> I think my housemate's done that to me a few times on that bin. Oh dear. As a, as a prank? As a wind no, up no, long? just because she wants back to risk it. Risk it. Oh, okay. All right, Fayal, welcome back. Thank you. You were trying to secure your next career. You really had a phenomenal record of your rate of applying for jobs compared to the number of callbacks and interviews you were getting. And I think what point you told me, if you applied for two jobs, one of them would call you back and you'd get a first stage interview.
0: So I think previously for myself, whenever I applied for jobs, someone got back to me, even with an email response, I'd feel very happy about. And then if I get any further, then obviously it's a bonus. With this experience, I was very fortunate that roughly about 80 percent of the jobs that i would have at least got a email back and of that between 50 to 60 percent i'd get at least a first stage interview for on one hand is absolutely amazing but to have so many interviews there is definitely a huge learning curve and experience and almost schooling i was very fortunate i could do them from a the space of my own home otherwise i probably would have spent hundreds of pounds trying to train around the rest of the country so this is probably the best year to have so many interviews in a short space of time the whole interview experience for myself I was very fortunate. My track record, even when I tell some people, they're a bit shocked. They probably don't quite believe it, but I've got some stats. I, was, I had like a tracker, which I had. And if I show some of my close people, they're very surprised and shocked at that.
1: And what do you think has been the biggest difference between when you've applied for roles in the past to when you've applied for roles now that shows the day and night difference?
0: It comes to, at least to a first stage. It's definitely the CV, I, I think. CV and LinkedIn, I think, probably is just so underrated and underestimated how the importance of a good CV and LinkedIn program can be. It's the CV and LinkedIn, which definitely got me at least to that first stage. So previous stages because where I'd fail at that side. But yeah, this one is the CV and LinkedIn, which made a huge difference and impact for myself.
1: So what you're saying is the personal branding aspect of the program really helped to get you those transformational results?
0: Absolutely. I think that's one of the huge things about the program, where the program itself is very multi- faceted that it wasn't just the education experience, it was the whole program itself was very well thought out and it had so many different kind of sides. So one day we were going through a certain chapter um, of the city, but then at the same time I was having conversations with Lynn regarding my branding and my CV and LinkedIn and that all kind of came together. And I think the impact of just the CV and LinkedIn just made a huge difference for myself.
3: That's amazing, and everything's happened so quickly within the last few months. I mean, looking back, this time last year, did you think that you would be here now?
0: Definitely not. (laughs) This time last year, where everything kind of went wrong for everyone. (laughs) If you told me this, I just would be completely thinking, "What are you on about?" (laughs) Because I'm sure, just not myself, many people around the country in the world were probably just really unsure of their future and where things were going. Yeah,
1: I've got a question
0: for you, Fayez. So yeah. You've
1: had this huge shift in career. You've completely transformed from the person I met a few months ago to who you are now, and for the better. How have friends and family reacted to your transformation?
0: I think on one side, there's some surprise to him, but on another side, that much is surprised surprise that I've, I've committed to such a change. I think a few years ago, I don't know, when I went to a charity sector, and I was very much ready to change what I was doing. I think people who know me closely know that I'm always willing to, I think, persevere and try something new and willing to change. And I think it's, I'm the, I think it's something I get from my late father. He always had that kind of mindset for change. So he was in the restaurant business for years and it's what he knew, 35 plus years. 2001, he decided he wanted to do something different and he decided he wanted to, he didn't feel comfortable working in the restaurant sector for religious reasons. And he felt like he wanted to do something different. And so he opened the first um, halal Butcher Shop in Exeter, so I think that's very much something which inspired me. That my father, he done something for so many years, and then I'm still willing to try something new and mm. have that change. And I think because, unfortunately, I've taken some of those traits from my father. The fact that I was willing to do something different and put change. People who know me closely, I don't think it came to them is that much of a shock of the fact that I, I was willing to do something completely different and just. Uh, I guess against all odds and not follow the general trajectory of where I was going. I was willing to take a step back, analyse, and then try something different. People who know me closely, I don't think that came as too much of a shock for them.
3: As someone who went to Exeter for university, I'd like to thank your dad for his input to the halal (laughs) scene in Exeter.
0: (laughs) Thank you.
1: There you go. Awesome. See, everyone gets to benefit when you make positive changes.
3: Question, Jamal, is one for you. So I hope you're seated comfortably because this could be anything from Fayaz. To hold on, hold on.
1: Before, before we get to my question, I've got one or two more questions for Fayaz.
3: Fayaz, make it a good one that's, back to Jamal. Well,
1: what was the single biggest thing that you got the most value from through the whole process?
0: I think was just having that refocus and that reignition of that kind of hunger and confidence for myself. I think that's the biggest thing which kind of stuck out to me that I think along the way for whatever reason I kind of lost that drive which I've had and I think is finding that drive and I think that's probably the biggest which has stuck out for me from this overall experience, the fact that I feel much more if I set myself a goal, I can reach it and I think a lot of the part of the process is to have confidence in going through the process so throughout the whole studying process I, was, I had a lot of exam anxiety. i hadn't done a professional exam for quite a long time and for going to the CP, i was very much worried about okay i feel comfortable on learning the subject matter but to actually sit in the exam i was really really anxious about it but i had that confidence that i'm going through the process i'm doing all the steps that i need to do to pass this exam i'm learning all the information and i think that passion that drive and at the same time patience of just that if i'm going through process that I just need to have that patience and knowing that as long as I do the little steps and keep the habit up of studying daily and making certain impactful uh, messages on social media and etc just to help me later on when it comes to finding my role that it all makes a difference it's all the little parts which make the big change and did you feel supported through your whole journey I felt supported. I'm not the only one who's doing this so that is really Helpful, But then the individuals themselves, they're all very supportive as well, that when you start speaking to we all want to succeed and we want to help each other. And that was a huge thing. And then the, the teaching as well, I felt that one of the big things for me is that for me to understand things often, I feel like I want to ask questions and to be able to ask questions directly at any point, um, not just in the classroom. in the lessons, obviously, it's much easier to ask a direct question and have a direct answer back. But it was the whole outside experience, which I think really kind of stood out for myself. That I could ask questions within the community, so the PVC Pro groups and uh, uh, Facebook group as well. And knowing that we've got there's individuals who have a whole depth of experience from people who are starting new, just like myself, or to professionals who have been involved with data privacy since I guess it's uh, conception as well. And knowing that depth of experience and individuals who I can ask in a very open public space about a question really stuck out for me. And I think that though I used it, I think just knowing that confidence there, helped me mentally, helped me a lot knowing that I can always rely on people just to ask questions, made a huge difference.
1: Great. Awesome. It's great getting the feedback. So One of the reasons I really set up Facebook community, and by the way, that's free for anyone listening to join. Um, the links are going to be on the podcast, so come and join and become a part of the community. For our privacy pros, you actually get access to my inner circle, my network of full privacy professionals, where we've got people like Fayaz who've been through the program, other people who are slightly ahead of him, new entries, people who are consultants, and people who, like you said, have been there for a lifetime. And it really gels together and provides that great environment where everyone is really rooting for you and celebrating your success. And everyone's always bouncing around ideas, sharing the latest updates, sharing their analysis of the same viewpoint based on the industry they're coming from, based on the country they're coming from, based on the culture and the paradigm they're coming from. And it's fascinating uh, to really stay up to date but one of the things is data privacy is constantly changing. It's, it's very challenging. There's so many updates. And as someone that has moved from a, a sector which is quite stagnant to coming to a sector which is buzzing, how have you coped with the challenge and how do you keep up? It's
0: rapidly changing. And obviously with Brexit and stuff, everything's kind of up in the air and people are worrying and concerned of where things are going to happen. So on one side, of things, I think I find it very refreshing that I'm in a sector where it has so much impact on so many individuals and the level of impact it has, I guess, to a certain extent, how fickle it can be, how one decision a few years ago in the UK, how it may potentially affect the data privacy sector. On one side, it's really refreshing, interesting, fascinating, at the same time, obviously, things are changing and you need to be able to adapt and to be aware of what's going on. So having that community there is really useful to be able to ask questions and I think, especially for myself, originally when I, I had no experience, to be able to ask questions and have people be able to answer questions about very new prevalent news was really, really helpful. And I guess having resources available, like the community, as well as podcasts like yourself. It's just, it makes things much easier to not just be able to keep up to date. I think it's always fascinating, especially when it comes to digital is to get people's own insight into how they feel about certain topics and changes. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing.
3: Are you sitting down comfortably, Jamal? I'm hoping this is going to be a good one. I'm ready. It's time time for Fayaz to ask you a question. Question. Any question you like. We haven't put a restriction on it, but depending on how this question goes, we may start putting restrictions on the
0: question. (laughs) You you shared a lot of fascinating cases throughout the course, but I guess for myself, the question would be, and if you're able to answer, obviously considering data privacy, uh, (laughs) what's been the most Interesting case which you've worked on.
1: Oh, I have so many fascinating client stories to talk about. What's the most interesting one that I can talk about without breaching any confidentiality agreements?
3: If you accidentally say it, then we can just get a big bleep across. <laughs> when Gordon Ramsay swears on TV, we'll get one of those
1: across. I would say one of the most fascinating experiences was when I was looking after asset management company. And they have different funds, right? And these funds have different portfolios. And one of the funds owned a portfolio, a chain of chain of shopping centers. And there was one shopping center particularly, right, <laughs> where it always seemed to be kicking off. Every weekend, I would come back and there would always be all sorts of fascinating incidents. And there was one particular incident involving some body cam footage and some very um, strange characters getting up to some very strange behaviors. And the fact is that my client was actually a partnered up with another firm, and they had appointed Hogan Lovells as their data privacy or their legal counsel. And as part of the data privacy element of that, um, was a gentleman called Eduardo Asturion. And some of you would have you would have actually read his book. And working with him and tackling some of these uh, data privacy challenges, I would say that was quite fascinating to see from a lawyer's point of view compared to the pragmatic and practical approach that we take and see how they complement each other and also how they clash. And then to see what the client actually decides they want to do at the end where there is a difference of opinion from the fully fledged legal route to the pragmatic consultancy operational side of things and balancing all of those challenges with such senior stakeholders, where there's so much at stake. I mean, we're talking about board meetings where there's about 20 people in the room. You've got managers from the different shopping centers. You've got people from different departments. You've got a whole PR agency that's giving advice on how to do it. Then you've got the Hogan Lovells team, and then you've got My Data Privacy team. It was absolutely fascinating uh, to see how all of those different opinions and stakeholders wants and needs and demands come together. Because some people are only thinking about the share price. Other people are just thinking about the reputation. The guys that manage the store, are thinking about the actual safety of some of the shopkeepers and how they're going to answer to the stakeholders about how they're dealing with these things. And when you bring all of those things to the mix, it, it was a fascinating place and a fascinating environment to work in. That's interesting.
0: Nice.
3: Great. Well, that certainly was very fascinating. I really like that question, Fayaz. Thank you for asking it.
1: Before we wrap up, I just want to ask, Fayaz, if there's someone who's listening and who's thinking about joining the program, and they're very close to taking the leap of faith, but they're just not quite sure if it's going to work for them, or if it sounds too good to be true, what would you say to them, Fayaz?
0: I'm well on my way or getting to where I want to get to. So if data privacy is what you're interested in, then this is definitely, of course, who's going to make a huge impact for yourself. and definite proof of going from no experience to where I am in the space of six months be done. And if I can do it, I'm sure many, many other people can do it as well.
3: I mean, that's amazing. And I know you guys were speaking earlier about um, how maybe a couple of other people on the course found jobs slightly more quickly and I was here thinking, well, after I finished, you know, uni, it took me a couple of years to find a decent job. And there you are finishing a course and finding a I mean, that's amazing as testament to both of you, both how good of a student you are, Fayez, and how good the course must be and the academy must be
1: all praise to god all praise to god indeed we did our best and he did the rest
3: yeah. <laughs> and there we are what a great to end on uh, thank you both for joining me today and thank you again to our listeners for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode be
2: sure to subscribe like and share so you're notified when a new episode is released
1: remember to join the Previously pros academy facebook group where we answer your questions
2: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're leaving with some great things that will add value on your journey as a world-class privacy pro.
1: Please leave us a four or five star review.
2: And if you'd like to appear on a future episode of our podcast
1: or have a suggestion for a topic you'd like to hear more about,
2: please send an email to team at
1: ksient.co.uk. Until next time, peace be with you.